When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I asked them as best I could. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast. Jesus told his parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank thee that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up at heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. In Luke 18, Jesus tells this parable. It's not much of a parable. It's really a story of two guys praying. Two guys. Inside you are two guys, two wolves. I think all of us have both of these guys inside us if we're Christians. Maybe in Jesus' context, they were different kinds of guys, but I think for me, I feel like I'm both of these guys sometimes. When I started planting this church uh, in the months leading up to it, and even some of the months after we started, we didn't have Sunday morning services. We'd have a workout group, and sometimes by 9, 10 o'clock, I'd be out and about, just like out on a Sunday. I've never done that before, really. A couple times in my life, I've not had to work at a church on a Sunday. And it's really different how people are on Sundays when they're not involved in a church. And there were times when I had a little resentment and a little bit of anger and thought, you know, jealousy, like, wow, they just have a whole day to do nothing. Whereas, you know, my church responsibilities, even when I wasn't working at a church, just being involved in a church as a attendee and participant was um, kind of like a part-time job in many ways as most of the people that go to church do something at church to further the mission and ministry and keep the place running. So there was a little bit of that in me. And I know that this word Pharisee rings a lot of alarm bells for people. Philip Yancey, many, many years ago, when I was a young person, wrote a book called The Jesus I Never Knew. And Philip Yancey is a complete evangelical writer. He's not progressive in any way, shape, or form that we might think of today. Um, Maybe he's a thinker, but not necessarily on any kind of like radical or progressive spectrum of ideology, theologically or otherwise. And but he um, he made it very clear that in this story, the good guy is the Pharisee. He's the guy that everybody would respect in the story if they heard it. Um, I don't know who this guy is in our world. Um, someone who cares about his community. Someone who cares about keeping the rules and keeping the law. The reason we obey laws is to care for our community. Um, And he's very thankful that he's not like other people. I don't know about you, but um, I sometimes am thankful that I'm not like other people. The problem is I am like other people. The guy in the backseat of the police car, I'm like him. The rogues, adulterers, tax collectors, thieves. 
And he does point to this guy that's standing across from him, this tax collector. He can see him, but he can't see him. We really can't see each other, can we? We're terrible at seeing people. In uh, all the studies on why people can't remember names, it's always fascinating to me. I'm in a business where you have to remember people's names, and it's so hard. I forget names all the time, even people I know and love and have heard their life stories, and I'll forget their name. Um, and this one study I read, or I don't know if it's a study or just theory, who knows? All this stuff is just made up, probably. But it was that for a long time in human history, you didn't meet a lot of strangers. You mostly met people that you knew and knew really well for probably long periods of time, maybe even childhood. And so you kind of knew everybody. But if you met somebody new, you really only needed to know what they could do, what their skill was or their something about them that would be useful to you. Um, and so we often remember details like of someone's profession, where they work, some other weird detail about their life, but we cannot remember their name. Remember the guy that uh, worked at a bike shop? What was his name? You know, remember these things, but not the name. <clears throat> and we are our names. We are people. And when someone doesn't know our name, it's kind of like they don't know us, even though they may know a lot about us. And that's what this Pharisee is doing. He has commodified people into good and evil. He has commodified people into people that are useful to his program and people who are not. And this tax collector is not. Now, in the story, the listeners in the first century, Philip Yancey writes, would would have also known that the bad guy in the story is a tax collector. Um, he is a collaborator with Rome. He has, he's a Jewish man, most likely, who has sold his people out to make some money off of the Roman government. Rome would send out a contract for a certain level of taxation, and he would, if you had enough money, you could buy one of these contracts, and then you had the power to enforce it with Roman soldiers, and you could go around and count people's dog, sheep, cattle, grain that they've stored. It wasn't really money. Money was certainly present, but ultimately it was people's lives, people's stuff that was being taxed. So you were in their house looking at stuff, looking through the cupboards, looking for hidden stuff, and then taxing it. Everybody hated these guys. They had sold out big time. They were traitors. Not sure the equivalent in our society. But just think of someone that you despise, someone that's in an official capacity that you despise. That's the tax collector. He's a traitor to his own people. In the army, um, MPs were often seen this way. <laughs> Let's just put it bluntly. They were soldiers, but man, they would arrest you if you did something like drive too fast on the base or something. Um I'm not saying MPs or tax collectors in any way, shape, or form. When I was a resident assistant in college, an RA, some of my dorm colleagues saw me this way. I was a student, but I also had this authority and power to make their lives miserable if I wanted to or if I needed to or whatever. And so there was resentment there to that authority figure, even though um, you know, they're just doing their job. But they picked that job. You know, that's something to be considered. The Pharisee fasts twice a week. That's a lot. Wednesday and Friday are Christian days of fasting generally. And if 
for Jewish people of that time. I think it was Tuesday and Thursday. Um, that's a lot of fasting, intermittent fasting. Gives a tenth of all his income. He tithes. That's what the word tithe means, a tenth. He does that. That's hard to do. It's really hard to do. And he does it. He's the good guy in the story. But then there's this tax collector. He's standing far off. And he's there far away from all the other people. He knows that he doesn't belong. He's done things that if people knew what he did, they wouldn't want him around. And the people that do know what he did don't want him around. He knows that and he feels that estrangement. He's far from home. And all he can do is cry out and hits his chest saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This is the basic prayer of all human life. We have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. And this one goes down to his house in a right relationship with God rather than the other. The more we think of ourselves as better than other people, the more likely we're going to slip into this sin of pride that will ultimately destroy all of our relationships. This Pharisee can't have a relationship with this tax collector, even though they're neighbors. They're just two guys there. I think of all the barriers between people, all the ways that we don't see each other as they really are. All of these ways are always inhibited by our self-aggrandizement, our exalting ourselves. And so I don't know who you are in this story, I think we're always kind of both of these characters. But ultimately, God wants both of them to be justified. And maybe when the Pharisee realizes he's more like the tax collector, he'll be able to do that. But the tax collector doesn't need to do anything. He already knows it. He already feels it. We ought to remember that when we look around for who God is speaking to. God is not always speaking to the people who have it all together. When God called me to this church and this community, God didn't call me to the people that went to church and loved it and loved their church. God didn't call me to those people. God called me to the people that felt like the church had kicked them out. The church didn't have anything relevant to say about how they lived their lives and what could give them hope in this really often God-forsaken world. That's who God sent me to. God sent me to the tax collectors to the people who cried out, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, because that's who I am too. And ultimately, that's who all of us are. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, increase in us the gifts of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain what you promise, make us love what you command, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.